it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks once again for joining us. Back in episode 781, we spoke with Lauren Henley about her complaint to the United Nations about audio description on Australian television. Lauren's argument was that uh, her rights had been breached as a disabled person living in Australia by the fact that there was nothing enshrined in legislation about audio description on commercial or public television in Australia. Lauren's complaint to the United Nations was upheld, and the government had then six months to respond. The response came out last week, and whilst it was not as solid as we would wish, there are some articles in that response that give us hope for the future. Lauren joins us not only to talk about her complaint, but to talk about the response and what we as interested people can do to further the cause for audio description in Australia. And before we start, I must apologise for the quality of the audio of this recording. Lauren, thanks once again for joining us. No worries. Great to be here. Thanks, Vaughan. Episode 781 was the last time we spoke to you, and at that time we had received news that uh, your complaint to the United Nations around audio description on Australian television had been upheld. Can you just brief us on that and just recap where we were at that time? Yeah, so basically the substance of my complaint to the United Nations Committee was around the fact that the Australian government had breached my rights under the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities and there were a couple of articles we pointed to under the convention and when we heard the news that um, the the complaint was upheld, basically what that means is the Australian government were in fact found to be in breach of the CRPD so they had breached my rights under the convention. My understanding is that from that point, the government had uh, around six months to respond. Was there any action taken or, or required by you at that point? Not really. We did have uh, conversations with the minister's office and uh, communication backwards and forwards just to indicate that well, we know that this decision has been handed down. These are our expectations. And along with that decision from the United Nations Committee came a set of recommendations in terms of what the, the International Committee expected the Australian government to do to respond to my complaint. So the six months was to give the Australian government time to mull over those recommendations and determine whether or not they were going to implement any of them. Can we have a bit of a look at those recommendations? Um, what was the substance of them and uh, were you satisfied that those recommendations would have actually, uh, I guess, acquitted, acquitted the case? Yes. Uh, look, I'm a little rusty on the details because I haven't read it for a while now, but I think the main recommendation that really is the crux of this issue is around the fact that governments are required to make amendments to legislation and policy where needed to uphold people's rights under the Convention. And listeners would be aware that Australians who are blind or vision impaired for many years now have been seeking amendments to the Broadcasting Services Act to include mandated targets for audio description on Australian television. So the fact that the UN committee in their recommendations said, well, actually, yes, you do need to amend legislation to make sure these rights are upheld, that was a really good outcome for me. 
We have recently received the response from the Australian government, and of course uh, it's a new government now, so uh, it's the Labor government. The erstwhile Liberal government had been particularly uh, intractable on the discussion of legislating uh, for the rights of uh, disabled people under the Broadcast Services Act, and in particular for audio description. What does the response contain and what is your view of the Australian government's position on carrying out the recommendations? Yeah, sure. So it was an interesting and mixed response. I guess the most frustrating point in the response is the fact that the Australian government has failed to accept responsibility for the fact that they've breached my rights. So they're actually saying that they don't accept that they've breached my rights under the convention. And that's really concerning because obviously there's this international committee that's been established for the purpose of making these determinations. This process has been going on for five years to get that decision from the UN committee. So I'm really going to take their word over the Australian governments and my rights have been breached. So I was really disappointed that they failed to accept responsibility for that. In the response, there are some commitments around improving access to audio description on Australian television, which are quite positive. And there's a commitment to develop uh, a strategy underneath the um, Australia's Disability Strategy 2021 to 31. And that will be around improving access to communications for people with disability more broadly, but it will also sort of set out the parameters for improving access to audio description on Australian television for people who are blind or vision impaired. Um, there's, there's a number of other things in the government response. That's probably the main point, though, is there is a commitment to work with industry to improve access to audio description on Australian television. What was not in that response was a, a commitment to legislative re reform. So that's what we still need to be pushing for. I can say, though, that um, prior to this response being released, I met with um, the Minister for Communications, Michelle Rowlands, and that was a really positive meeting. So I have no reason to doubt that she is 100% committed to this issue. And government at the moment are taking a co-regulatory approach. So she wants to work with industry where possible to get them on board and see where they're at in terms of delivering this service. But she has also said that she won't hesitate to go down the, you know, the legislative path if that's needed. So I think we really need to hold them to that because ultimately we are not going to have equitable access to television unless we have those amendments to the Broadcasting Services Act. That's where captioning requirements are located and that's where audio description needs to be located. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, they both fulfil um, very similar roles uh, within broadcast services, and I think you're absolutely right there. I'm interested in the argument that the government hasn't breached your human rights on the basis that they haven't legislated for audio description. Clearly, the uh, UN committee believes that your human rights have been breached. What's the government's argument as to who actually has uh, caused that breach? Well, they just, they fail to accept that my rights have been breached at all, which is the, the disappointing thing. The convention is very clear that you can't really click your fingers and make access happen overnight. And we don't expect that. That's not realistic. But countries are expected to 
take progressive steps over a period of time to uphold people's rights. So it means that had they put a plan and a time frame in place to say, all right, we're going to work with industry over a couple of years to get audio description in place, we might start with this many hours of content per week and we'll expand that incrementally over a period of time. That That's concrete action under the convention and that would have been held up a lot more positively. But the Australian government's never done that. We've never had that kind of commitment and therefore they were found to be in breach. But unfortunately, they don't see it that way. To be fair though, since the complaint was first uh instigated in 2015 or thereabouts, the Australian government has announced and implemented a strategy for audio description on the ABC and the SBS. Surely that must go some way to mollifying the argument? Yeah, and it's an interesting point because when this was still being deliberated by the committee, at the time the Australian government made that announcement, they put forward some additional communication to the committee to say, well, we've done this. Does that now satisfy our requirements? And my view was no it doesn't it's mm. still only the public broadcasters it does nothing to touch commercial networks and there's no guarantee that that service is going to continue until we have legislative change and something in concrete exists in the broadcasting services act we risk losing that funding for audio description and that audio description service on the abc and sbs and I guess that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Is, is it's it's all a goodwill gesture at the moment on the part of the Australian government. There's no goodwill gesture uh, being seen by the commercial providers or any expectations by advertisers who advertise on these commercial networks or anything like that. And uh, you know, until we see legislative reform, which is what is enshrined in the UNCRPD, as you say, that uh, that states parties are required to make legislative and regulatory changes to uh, improve human rights for disabled people in their jurisdictions. Uh, we won't see sufficient improvement. Correct. Mm. What are the next steps, do you think, from here? Where do we need to go and where is the best place uh, to put our advocacy? Yeah, so in terms of the international process, I now get another bite of the cherry in that we get to respond to the government's response. It's, it's an ongoing process, so that'll be happening behind the scenes. But as Michelle Rowland's office is working out their strategy for working with broadcasters to get traction on this issue, I think it's a really critical time for organisations like BCA, other organisations across the, the blindness and disability sector more broadly, and individuals at the grassroots who are affected by this issue to be writing letters to the minister's office to to say, we think it's really great that you're committed to this and you want to improve access to audio description. However, we would like to see amendments to the Broadcasting Services Act because until that happens, our rights will not be effectively upheld. Mm, absolutely right. What can we do as members? What are, what are the next steps for us? Yeah, look, I think just putting in calls to Michelle Rowland's office, if you go and talk to your local MP and let them know about the issue and ask them to raise it with Michelle Rowland's office on your behalf, any of those steps would be really, really helpful because we need to put the pressure on now. Now is the time to be using our voice where we can. What it did highlight to me from an advocacy perspective was the importance of working with the opposition because we got lucky that Labor are in at the moment. If this was still a Liberal government, we would have got nothing. But 
BCA has worked with Michelle Rowland's office over a number of years when she was the shadow minister. And it just so happened that when we had that meeting with her, she was like, no, I've been following this for years. I'm very supportive. You know, I've, I've always been supportive of this. She knew about it. So we weren't starting from ground zero because she'd already been briefed. She understood the issue. She understood why it was a human rights issue. And it was a lot easier. I think that's a really important point, isn't it? The opposition, mm. even when they're in opposition, they do still have power. And it might not be power to affect change immediately, although they can uh, lobby the government from uh, the opposition perspective. But if uh, they get into power at the next election, they can be in a real position to make strong and effective change. Uh, so you're absolutely right. It's worth working with both sides of parliament mm. to make sure that uh, that people are aware of what's happening and what is required. Yeah, that's right. Lauren, once again, all power to you for seeing this through and congratulations on the result. We are seeing some change and we are seeing some improvement, but uh, as you say, we've got a long way to go. But uh, once again, thanks for joining us on the program. Not a problem. Thanks, Vaughan. Lauren Henley there, and I would encourage you to get in touch with your local MP or directly in touch with the Office of the Minister for Communications, Michelle Rowlands, if you'd uh, like to put your weight behind the advocacy campaign there. If you've got any ideas for New Horizons, get in touch, new.horizons at bca.org.au, new.horizons at bca.org.au. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, the email address is bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. Or you can contact 1-800-033-660, 1-800-033-660. I'm Vaughan Benison. Do take care. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dreams